Welcome to another episode of In Love With Me series, where we feature inspiring individuals who will share their amazing stories. I am Mafe Yunan Belasco, and for this series, our topic is Winning Her Heart. Of course, March is a month of women empowerment, and this season will cover topics on how to win women's hearts, maybe it for themselves or the steps and actions one should make an effort for. Joining us today is a game changer in more ways than one, a workplace health and safety practitioner, an entrepreneur, and the founder of Consego, and of course, an empowered woman. Let's all welcome Connie Samaniego. Hi, Connie. Hi, Mafe. Thank you for having me at your In Love With Me series. I love your topic. <laughs> of course, uh, you know, I've been excited to share your story and your journey with the world and um, for the community here at In Love With Me series who's meeting you for the first time, please share a little bit of your background, who you are and what you do with that glow that you have right now. <laughs> well, I... anomaly in the industry quite versatile actually if you know much about health and safety I think some sometimes people assume that they they go in and they kind of make more problems for companies I try to minimize that trouble by um, creating an opportunity to be more versatile and essentially work with uh, mostly I used to work a lot more with ASX listed companies, but I found like since starting the business, I really have a passion for helping the small and medium sized companies to really get them on board in um, making sure that my passion is to keep people home safe um, to and from work. And I think it's an important factor because we all have a partner, a brother, you know, a sister, you know, whatever position they're in, um, in your, your life, um, every, every life counts. And to me, that's, you know, really the most important thing. And and we spend so much time at a, at a, at a job site, at a workplace, or whatever it is that we tend to do, um, whether we, you know, for a long time, we were all working remotely at our home. So um, even that, you know, we thought we were in the safe haven of our own home, but there was other methods where we had to figure out the, the impact of, you know, how our health and mostly our mental health was an issue so um yeah i love what i do and i think it's important um once you know you grow into a career path um you figure it out as you go by i i love the flexibility of being a global citizen um and through that i have had the opportunity to study abroad live abroad and work abroad um and i love it um in so many levels because there are so many incredible humans out there and they always give you a different perspective. And I think everything in life, when you take on um, someone else's perspective, obviously uh, through a discernment, <laughs> um, not every perspective is uh, acceptable, but uh, I would say, you know, you know, when you have a heart to listen um, and a heart to accept um, others for who they are, and um, then you get a chance to, not necessarily um, change them, but be versatile enough to work with them. And I think with Consego, um, that started, you know, for a very, very long time, but I didn't really know that. I had to figure that out as time goes by. You know, I've, um, I've worked with international and Australian artists who I've had the privilege to travel the world with um, in music. Um, I've also worked with um, an oil and gas company, so I've done, you know, manufacturing, um, 
well, office environment, uh, currency management. I used to carry a gun at work uh, for a long time. Uh, that always um, made people um, raise an eyebrow. Um, uh, I'm going to put a disclosure there. They don't give you a gun unless you're psychologically sane, okay? So you, you really have to pass a lot of marks on that. And um, I got to say, um, you know, that was many, many years ago, but I, it was one of my most interesting and fascinating um, jobs. And actually, that's what that job caused me to walk into a more safety and so safety role um, because I thought that every day, every man that I um, would work with, including myself, um, was in danger of any harm. So, and it was, you know, very prevalent. It was a, obviously a very different type of career back then um, in that industry anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's really me. Mm -hmm. And of course, now as a business owner, entrepreneur, you have built an inspiring and empowering company, Consego. Let's start with the name. How did you come up with Consego? What does it mean? Okay, so I'm Filipino heritage, but my name is actually very Spanish. Um, Connie is um, what I've always been called, but um, I, I have a very Spanish name. And I thought, what is, um, how do you provide good advice, um, you know, in the Spanish heritage? And it was actually originally consejo, um, but I uh, unfortunately couldn't um, figure out how I would uh, market that in the, you know, in, in the English speaking language. So mm -hmm. I made a decision to put, um, you know, uh, consejo as, one, it's it sounds like my name because it's Connie and then with the G-O at the end. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really consulting on the go. Um, I, I, I was looking at what I was all about and how I've always functioned. And I've always worked on the go. And I think when you're in my industry, you have to be prepared to not sit in the back um, or behind a desk, but you have to be on site on the go inspiring people, empowering people, um, having really good conversations. And, um, and you know, Consego is, is, it's really where it came from. It's like the conversation and being on the go on site. Um, mm -hmm. Besides the fact that it really does look like I put my two names together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And of course, as you can see, guys, <laughs> yeah. uh, Connie's name here, it says Consego. So there's going to yeah. be a part to this. Yes, uh, I, I love that. Like reaching your goals with Consego, right? Um, yes. You said, you know, I love the fact that you put a spotlight on safety at the workplace and, you mm -hmm. know, just being a work and health and safety practitioner. What exactly is it, the scope of work that um, it, in, like the list of work that you, you provide? I do, I believe? yeah. Sure. So um, the company itself is um, bespoke. So I really, there is a, a process to it. Of course, you need to under identify your client and your client needs. And, you know, that starts with, you know, um, you know, a conversation with me from the beginning. So we work out what their actual needs are, how they function. You know, when it comes to safety, it's really a lot of things. Um, it's a holistic approach. Well, I look at it from a holistic approach. I look at it from a habitual way of the person, the way they work, mm -hmm. um, the way they understand things. Um, safety can be very legalistic. Um, there's a lot of legalities around what to do, what you cannot do. It can be very um, important because um, my job is to try and translate all the legalities to the most simplest way so that the everyday person who doesn't have a legal background or doesn't understand all of the, the requirements they need to do to get their job done safely can make it really um, easy. And so mm -hmm. really Consego is all about a, you know, a bespoke approach, but really at the beginning, at the very core of it, it's developing and connecting my, with my contractors. And I, I call them contractors because we all hold a contract. And that is a, a commitment to do good and to do, um, to do it safely. And so I call everyone contractors, whether, you know, um, in that sense of it's important because we, we know what once we put our name down and sign on something, 
um, whether it, you know it's a personal thing, whether it's a marriage contract or a job contract or a friendship, you know, it's it, there's always a contract behind it. So, um, and there's always a season for it. So, part of that season would be with safety is that they might be on a job site one day, and the the job site there will have different requirements with different um, needs because you know they're working a particular role or a particular project. So I move around with them and I don't want to be that, um, you know, safety practitioner that um, tells people, you know, how to do things because actually the person knows better than me, the person that does the job, they are actually that representative. My job is to make sure that the client needs and their needs are actually in tune with the legality so that they can actually meet that, get pre-qualified and I mean to say pre-qualified so that they can actually get the contract. Um, mm -hmm. They understand their responsibilities. Um, and that I also understand that not contractors or workers or um, employers will look at a 100 page document. So my job is, is really to translate that for them and then come up with a strategy mm -hmm. of how they can do their job safely, but also they can call me anytime. And I guess, the second part of what I offer is also the educational piece. You know, we have incredible people that's been doing a field of expertise in one particular area, but then there's other people out there that, that hasn't. And so I try to gather that information and come up with a more of a workshop with them, um, a training process, and that comes in with part of my service, um, as well as looking at their documents, um, and you know, qualifying them to make sure that they're on the same path. Because I think the most important thing is that as a person who mm -hmm. isn't going to have the perspective to do good is never going to do good. So it's also a very behavioural as much as it is technical and scientific. Um, um, it's not always easy um, mm -hmm. to to communicate. Um, mm -hmm. or to to try and converse and I'm sure we all we all experience that whether it's our partner or our child or a friend um, we all have a certain way of doing things and I think what Constego does is that we try to get the best of what they do really well mm -hmm. whether it's um, someone who's a doer or a thinker and then get them communicate that out through a conversational learning, experiential learning. And that's really the holistic part of what I do as well. Mm -hmm. I'm also really um, passionate about sustainability. So Consego brings everything from how a person works, how they contribute into society and how they function um, day in and day out on a job site. Mm -hmm. I think we know all about sustainable development goals. And I had an uh, opportunity to become an official ambassador for that when I, I studied in Vienna. So I learned a lot of, from global thinkers and how they do things um, within their country, within their nation. And I learned from them and they learned from me, but mm -hmm. then I impart that. So, you know, once you're a student, you learn to become a teacher and you only really become a teacher once you actually, you know, practice that. And so I guess Consego came about making sure that I had all this information, but what was I doing with it? You know, yes. I, it was it was important for me to impart on that. And I just felt there was a lot of companies out there that didn't get the opportunity or access to the information that I would. And so mm -hmm. I and so yeah, we take them through like a step by step process, and we're hoping um, we'll get more interested parties actually. Mm -hmm. To, to come and see the Philippines because I, I am in partnership with a, um, a local provider here where we're going to be looking at circular economy. Um, so we are inviting a lot of our um, clientele to um, next year to experience what the Philippine Islands are doing around sustainability and circular economy. And I think when you, when you bring someone outside the environment um, and learn from, you know, local our workers and local entrepreneurs um, and you partner them up together and they show you how to do things and and 
you get to take away that experience um, in how they do and function in a different environment. You know, they may not necessarily have all the new technical tools, for example, yeah. um, but they have other ways of putting um, things together. You know, um, other ways of getting things done a lot more efficient without necessarily impacting the environment so much. And I'm not mm. saying that we go back to traditional ways because, you mm. know, technology helps us, for example. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do this. But what I'm saying is, is that it gives uh, my clients an opportunity to work with other people and immerse themselves in an environment where they're not necessarily in the workforce. And it, it and as we go through that process, we come out with a, you know, with a new perspective on how they see abilities and come up with a plan on what they want to do next with their business. So, like, I like what I mean. I mean, Consego is 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 not just safety, but it's it's also health and well-being. And so we yes. try to balance that out that in line with sustainability, um, mm -hmm. because we can't always sustain being 110%, you know, in everyday function. So I, I try to incorporate that in my services. Yeah. And as I hear it, you're, you're like, like a eternal instinct to take care of all these people. And speaking of that, I, I'm going to ask you more about it break and check out this amazing uh brand also that is nurturing children sorry uh, uh. every child has a right to play Every child deserves a bright future. Every child has a right to be who they are. To express themselves. To laugh. To live peacefully, to live. Every child deserves to be loved. back guys we are back with connie samaniego of consego and earlier you mentioned connie about technology and i believe for business owners right now it's either a positive or a negative one has it uh wisely right and so my question is for you how do you stay up to date uh with the current safety regulations ah well I'm part of the Australian Institute of um, Health and Safety um, Professionals. So I make sure that I am plugged in all the time. And I think being part of the professional body, um, it helps you because it makes you accountable for your own learning. Uh, and I also follow certain podcasts that keeps me up to date. So one thing I love about the career that path that I've taken, including the business um, is that like I said, it's not necessarily just safety. I'm also um, plugged into other sustainable, um, you know, movement out there. It's uh, mm. most importantly, um, you know, European um, bodies. So they keep me plugged in. Um, and 
I think more than anything as well, like local governments, when it comes to where you're functioning is, is impressively up to date with information about the changes um, and where legislation's coming in. So I keep up to date that way and, and lots of, um, you know, international standard um, registration that pops up in my email. And how do I maintain that? Um, well, firstly, I'll raise the issue with technology. I try to have a technology free day on Sunday. So this is part of what Constego does, is having the conscious awareness of when to plug on and plug off. Um, of course, up, at one point, I have to check it on a Sunday to prepare my week. However, I, I do my best to make sure if it's first thing in the morning and then have the rest of the day off or have the rest of the day off and then before, I, before you know, um, an hour before I go to bed, I, I check everything just so that I'm ready um, mm -hmm. for the week ahead or for the Monday. Now, it's, it is challenging more than anything if you work globally. And I think, Mafe, you could definitely understand that. Um, and you definitely need a team behind it to help us with, you know, time zones. Yes. Um, so having a good team behind you and reminding you and pinning, pinning you as much as um, theory helps us with our daily reminders, um, it's good to have the humanistic approach to things, I think. Um, so technology has its perks and it has its, you know, um, disadvantage because we we can be plugged in all the time um, and and that can be overwhelming and this is what I mean you know um, Consego is also um, are partnering up with the, the Safe Work Initiative um, the neurodiverse community of the Safe Work Initiative it's it's never really been tapped into in Australia and New Zealand and you know that's really an important community that hasn't been uh, introduced um, in the way they function safely you know, someone maybe with an ADHD um, will function very uniquely to someone who's a who has dyslexia. But mm. um, you know, these are um, very personal, um, and a lot of the times it's more medical. Um, but in all honesty, uh, it's who we are. Uh, it just means that they function differently and uniquely. And part of what what we're doing in Consego is understanding the difference in how people function. Um, and this is this is what I mean that there's not one method um, to success when it comes to how to impart on education in safety and, and working on a, an environmental job site, because everything will be different. As someone who hasn't got ADHD will be fine to put on. Um, with it might actually have an irritation or reaction to putting it on. It doesn't mean that they can't do the job. It just mm -hmm. means that, um, you know, they're not necessarily um, able to, you know, remain for a long period of time functioning that. And, and, and the job around that is understanding that piece and then coming up with a method where we remain, we maintain their, their skills, um, their mm -hmm. interest in doing the job. And we work with our clients. And technology sometimes does help, um, but sometimes, uh, how would I say, technology can be um, also distracting, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we all know that it can be very distracting, but um, that was a very long answer. So. <laughs> well, it's Women's Month, and I just want to celebrate you and everything that you do. And of course, uh, as women, as humans, we go through so many things in life. And I believe you have some milestones that you want to celebrate. Um, if you want to share with with the audience right now, I know that you um, went through an accident yourself. Um, yeah. If you want to share that, go ahead. If not, we can, you know. Sure. Next question. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Um, so seven years ago, um, I was in a really bad um, motorbike accident. Um, I was um, riding a scooter and the person was on their motorbike and um, a tourist um, job, um, jumped, I should say, jumped in front of me, um, not looking at the road, um, whilst I was cut off uh, by a speeding motorbike. Um, it was a situation where I, I really couldn't avoid, to be honest, um, and I was riding alone. And it was actually coming off to visit a, um, 
a job site. Um, uh, you know, it was not fun because it was in an island and sadly I had to go through a spiral um, break of my right leg from my knee down and it took on and off uh, almost two years. So my injury was uh, pretty severe. I had actually um, nails down my leg as wide as the credit card um, from my knee down, down to my ankle. So there was no chance of being able to um, stand, get a drink of water, wash my hair. Um, I was really 100% reliant on help. And at the time I was I was in a way fortunate that I had a, a friend and, and a partner in my life um, who was there for me um, on some moments that I needed them. However, they also had, you know, their life and their responsibilities. Um, and so expecting people to understand your pain is not easy when you're going through so much pain. So what I did learn in the process because I was not only going through a, a severe physical pain, but I struggled with my um, with my mental health um, mm -hmm. because I'm quite independent and I love to travel, I love to move, I love to run, I love to, to dance. Um, I actually have a very strong faith in um, Jesus and my God. Um, and I, was a very, at the time, early Christian, I would say. I, I, had, a, I had one foot in, um, you know, new age ways of thinking uh, because I was in Thailand and that's really what was endorsed in the culture and the community. Um, and I found that in my journey during my accident, it was my relationship with Jesus that healed me. It was reading the Bible um, every day and shutting out um, social media. Yeah. And not look at, you know, where people, like I think for us, it's, we really have to guard what we allow in, in our mind and in our, uh, our life, uh, especially when you're, you know, you're unwell. Um, and I found being still, and it, you know, literally I was still, I couldn't move, um, literally could not move at all. Uh, a, a little bit of air conditioning um, would, would cause so much pain because I actually removed after about a week uh, painkillers out of my recovery. Um, and the reason I did that is because the doctor said to me, if you want to learn to walk again, then you're going to have to learn how to carry the pain and understand how heavy you are with this leg. Yeah. And I then realized, well, if I'm mimicking um, how I feel with painkillers, then how am I gonna know what my pain threshold is? Yeah. So I literally was like rebuilding my own bone. I mean, I, I didn't understand how much effort that was, but I was really exhausted and when you're not moving and so this is movement you know people say oh you need to go for a walk get some fresh air but when you can't do that and you can't release um you know yourself out of the confinement of your bed mm -hmm. it's it really does um take take a lot of your energy um to think positively and i think i've always been a very optimistic person and i always believe to see um, you know the good in everyone and in everything I do but at that point in my life I really struggled because I wasn't I was feeling so many physical pain and I just remember that there was one time and this was probably one of the most traumatic experiences in my life the partner that was in my life at the time actually had to fly out for business and, and a girlfriend of mine who was staying with us at the time um, had a, a night out with her friends and I was happy to, you know, you know, do my my routine. Um, routine helps, guys. By the way, and journaling—that's mm -hmm. um, important as much as um, prayer. Actually, prayer number one, <laughs> um, and then reading the Bible, um, listening to um, not necessarily motivational speakers because I think they're wonderful and they have a lot to offer. Um, but for me at the time, I needed the spiritual healing. 
I felt. Um, so it really all depends on the person. Mm -hmm. For me, it was mental health and it wasn't something I could physically see, but it was something that I could physically feel. Um, and I knew because of my faith, I um, had to renew my mind. And I remember actually there was a couple of really impactful, um, you know, people that was on YouTube that I would come across, you know, and I think mm -hmm. some people would know, um, would know these people if I mentioned. So at the time I was very embedded with, um, you know, the Hillsong Church mm -hmm. and I listened to Christine Kane and Lisa Bevere. There were like these strong women, you know, Christine Kane is the, the pioneer of starting A21 who would save people from human trafficking. And Lisa Bevere was, you know, the grandmother of all, you know, women in Christ within her sphere of influence, who always reminded us that through prayer and um, faith, um, we overcome any situation in life. And so they were like, um, they were the people that I was listening to in line with um, reading the Bible and prayer. But music also helped. I found um, music was very healing for me um, yes. because I gained the I couldn't exactly dance, like I could not even dance. So mm -hmm. a slight movement was a totally impossible. I mean, I broke my leg in four different places and it was a spiral break. So there was no, there was no opportunity. I couldn't even wash my hair. Um, yeah. But my treat was this, and I have to say, I'm glad I came up with my own well-being plan. So mm -hmm. I became vegan. I we didn't know that eating meat was actually not good for my leg and especially chicken. Um, mm. I didn't know that. Um, I stopped medication. So I had to learn my own pain threshold, which mm -hmm. meant um, I had to practice, I suppose what they know is, you know, meditation. Um, yes. But it wasn't the kind of meditation where I'd sit down because I couldn't obviously cross my leg and do the OMS. Yes. <laughs> that people um, in Thailand would, you know, would, you know, endorse a lot of uh, people to do when they visit their land. It mm -hmm. was more being still and listening to worship music. Um, mm -hmm. And then when that would, would stop, that would um, put me in a position of calmness. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier that I had this one time when I was actually alone. So I had no partner, no friend around. And I needed to go to the bathroom and I had to have crutches at the time. So I had to use the bathroom alone and I was, I was okay. You know, I'd set myself up and I was strong enough to get to and from the toilet between um, the bed. Um, mm -hmm. and, but I slipped and I fell. Oh. And um, it was the most painful thing because I had no painkillers to get rid of pain. Mm. I had no one to help me up um, and I'd fallen and I knew that a slight movement in any way whatsoever with caused my my leg to go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just had to have this, I, I had like certain scriptures and I had certain, um, you know, mentality where I knew it was like, okay, um, what did I value the most? Mm -hmm. um, it was health, right? So embrace your pain because if you don't feel pain, it means that you're no longer alive. And if yes. you're feeling the pain, you're still alive, which meant I still got the opportunity to, to live mm -hmm. and to do something good and to, to get stronger. And so I overcame the, 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 the most ugliest cry for <laughs> that night. Um, and I prayed and it, calmed me down and mm -hmm. I had a spiritual moment. I, um, you know, I spoke to God. I was, I was really asking for help to, to take the pain away. And, you know, the spiritual moment came really when I, I slept and I woke up and I was calm. And I remember I would listen to this one song and it was Jesus, I need you over and yeah. over again. And even at one point when I was alone and um, my mental health was deteriorating, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't figure out what it was. And, and later on, I actually figured out that it could be, and for all women who, or men who's ever, ever have to do epidurals, 
apparently epidural has an impact on our mental health. And I didn't know that because I've never been um, in a position where I had to have an epidural because I just never. And it wasn't until later on I found out, well, maybe that was also part of the reason why my mental health was um, on top of everything else was deteriorating. Mm. So I, I came up with this well-being plan and I made sure that once a week I would go to my hairdresser that I like and she would wash my hair and she would blow dry it. And I said to myself, if I'm going to be in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. I might as well be the best looking version of myself. Um, and I want good hair. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't exactly getting dirty, you know, I was just at home, right. but at least I was at home with good hair. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I, I have a ton of scars on my legs, you know, and mm -hmm. I, um, I spoke to it. I spoke mm -hmm. to my scars and if I um, if I could show you what it looked like now, like people would never think that I went through that sort of injury. Mm -hmm. It's beautifully healed. Um, so I nurtured, I, I gave love to myself when I couldn't access the love from anyone else. Yeah. Um, and that's not, you know, that's a different level of self-love because it wasn't loving myself um, because I had the best makeup or lighting or, you know, mm -hmm. it was loving myself in a way where I was um, not able to be who I normally am. Yeah? Yes. Um, I couldn't wear what I wanted. I couldn't wear my high heels. I mean, mm -hmm. every woman feels so powerful when they wear their high heels. And gosh, it is sexy. And I know it's not good for us, but I had a nice collection and I was missing that, you know? And I, <laughs> Yes. Two years without it, even longer. It took me almost four years to be able to wear high heels again. Um, but I can wear them now. And, um, you know, my point is, is the doctor said to me it would take about a year to put my foot down. Mm. I didn't agree with him. I said, nope, I'm going to put my foot down in three months. And mm. I did it when I, I flew myself to europe in a wheelchair alone and i got stranded in london and if anyone has ever been to london airport it is the busiest the biggest and it's chaos but there i experienced kindness from strangers hmm. um and there i experienced um another level of strength that i didn't know i would have because i traveled from Imagine the injury happened in Thailand. I traveled to the Philippines. I was recovering in the Philippines with the most incredible family that could love on you, who are very, very much um, faith driven as well. Um, and they had access to the best doctors that I would see. Um, so I felt really loved and nurtured by them and I can't thank them enough. Mm -hmm. um, but I flew myself from Manila in a wheelchair on my own with all my luggages. Then I flew myself into a um, Singapore. Singapore then caught another flight to um, London. Mm -hmm. And when I got to London, I missed my flight. And so, because I needed to go to Florence and that trip then got canceled and I got stranded for overnight in um, not just the main um, <laughs> airport, but I had to go to the smaller airport which needed me to get on a bus and then when i got there somehow whatever happened my ticket was was not there so i didn't have a flight and i had to stay overnight on my own in a wheelchair mm. um, and the next day when i came back i thought i was going to get on the flight and guess what mm. my flight disappeared my seat disappeared so um my point is don't travel on your own when you're in a wheelchair because these things can really happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and, but in, in hindsight, I, I, like I said, I mentioned, I met, I learned kindness from people. Mm -hmm. I had the best service um, I experienced from Emirates. So shout out to Emirates. You guys have incredible um, staff, especially for those that are in wheelchairs. Um, thank you for treating me so lovingly as a disabled woman back then. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
there was there were also some um, members of the you know the airline um, staff that were working there and they were so kind they helped me and pushed me around um, whenever I needed to to move because literally mm -hmm. my leg was going purple and purple and big I mm. I didn't think I would have a leg by the end of that trip to be honest because Gosh. it was purple and big <laughs> um, but but it, but finally you know this is a story I need to share in there and, and it's outside my my mental health story and injury I was sitting in a cafe waiting for my flight before I realized it was going to be cancelled and I met this couple who fell in love on a chair uh, sorry on a chair on a flight and they wanted a chair um, and I was the only one sitting in this table and had my leg up in one of the chairs and but I had two other chairs that they could take but they decided to join me instead and I a little oh. bit I know what they do for a living is the the man was um you know working um in a company and the woman was actually a paramedic hmm. so I again um was blessed to have had someone check up on my leg because I said to her oh um, you could not have come in a better time. Could you check out my leg? <laughs> but you know, she well, she said, <laughs> "Oh, there's a saying that you're at the right place at the right time with the right people." So that's right. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, so that that was um, that was God's hand, to be honest. And she said to me, "Don't worry, we're not yet having to amputate you." So um, <laughs> she goes, "But you do need to rest." And then right. it's a bit hard. <laughs> yes. I've got I've got one more flight to get out of here if if it even comes. Uh, and so yeah, I um yeah that whole experience in terms of mental resilience came about even just doing yeah um, as part of my mental wealth um I would say mental wealth plan. Mm -hmm. Our well being is our wealth, you know. Really, um, right. there was no price I could put on it. Um, was like I ate right, I ate clean, I, um, you know, I had beautiful words thrown at me, but mm -hmm. I, I think when you're in pain, those beautiful words don't filter in your head. And so what I had yeah. to learn was what was my relationship with the right words? What words was I saying internally and what were tr what was true and what was not true? Um, so in my meditation, in my version of meditation was um, make my words, my words, the, the words that would encourage me. Um, and it was, it was, hey, um, you will walk again. Yes. You will, you will be able to stand again and you'll be able to, and these were my words. It wasn't, hey, you are so stunning. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way. So I couldn't say it. And I had to eventually grow into that, you know, because I because I had scars, I had um, bruises, I had, um, you know, I, I flew like a, like a superhero without a cape off my bike. Yeah. So mm -hmm. as when I landed, I, I hit my chin on the ground and I scraped all the way down. So I had like, and that was the hard part at the beginning because I had um, open wounds on my face, open wounds all over my hands and down my um, my arms. Mm -hmm. And and I literally was like a mummy. So I mm -hmm. couldn't bathe myself and cleanliness was very important for me. So even yeah. even to that, I, I didn't feel, um, you know, beautiful. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel mm -hmm. clean um, the way I would normally, you know, bathe myself. But I had to learn alternatives, you know, I had to create a wealth plan for myself, which was, you know, a firm affirmation of words that meant I will do this, I will get yeah. through this, mm -hmm. I will um, stand by, you know, by my, you know, I will stand again, I will stand by my, my faith to get me walking again, because, and it was crazy, you know, because in scripture, there's like walk by faith, not by sight. And I really, in my head, was picturing me like, when I get to walk again, what am I going to mm -hmm. do? And one of them was, what are the things in my life? And there's a lot of things that I would say I've done that many, maybe some people would, wouldn't dare to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people would. But one of the things, because I've always grown up in an island and never really gone somewhere cold, mm -hmm. um, 
I, at the time, I'd never skied. And mm. I was like, how am I going to ski with a broken leg? Is it even possible? You know, so I had doubt and I had to eliminate the doubt. And I put in my bucket list and I decided that I would ski. And I went to this business conference. Um, mm -hmm. It was uh, Kingdom Builders business. So it was a, a different way of um, running your business, um, which you know was always focused on giving back and nurturing your business in a way that was faith driven and purpose driven, which was yeah. great. Um, and part of the activities was that we could go off one day and do our thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was alone in this trip. Um, I did have family. Uh, well, I had uh, my cousin and their partner who ran their own business, attended the seminar. But when they left with their children, I um, was alone, found myself alone. Yeah. This time, this was after I healed already. So it was maybe a year and a half, two years after. Mm -hmm. um, two years after like walking again um, and my second surgery, I went in and booked myself in learn how to ski hmm. and I learned how to ski and at um, you know the Remarkables uh, this is in Queenstown and I thought it was crazy too because they were actually at the end of ski season yeah. but the next morning I, and God knew it was like God I was really praying for it <laughs> there would be a snowfall and they had an overnight snowfall so wow. I booked myself in yeah, I booked myself in. They were actually like, you're so lucky, mm -hmm. you know, it's actually end of season. And we have we had an overnight snowfall. So, yes, today you can actually go up and learn how to ski. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to the instructor, I said, I, you have to tell them what injuries you've had. And I said, oh, I broke my right leg in different ways. And mm -hmm. I showed her, I had, like, I carried this idea of uh, information with me everywhere on my phone. Yeah just because I had to show people the severity of it. Mm -hmm. She said, that's pretty bad. That's the definition of a broken leg. And not many actually doctors see it, but they gave me a high five and said I did a really good job <laughs> breaking my leg. And I just looked at them like, I don't even know whether that's a compliment or a joke, yes. but thank you. Um, I'll, um, I guess I do when Connie's all about, you know, when I do things, I gotta do things right. And I guess I did it right. So. I um I laugh about it now, but um clearly wasn't so funny at that time because of the pain. But I went up, took my own gear, hired myself everything I needed to ski. The lady was like, "People like you aren't supposed to ski." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Yeah, but it's on my bucket list, and I'm already here. Come on." <laughs> and she's like, "You're." I'm going to need you to know that there's a lot of risk here. And if anything happens, you're going to have to make sure that your emergency contact is mm -hmm. on board. I was alone, so I didn't really have an emergency contact locally. But mm -hmm. I went, I learned, and I did it. Amazing. So, Amazing. <laughs> and you know, how yeah and having said that guys um if you guys are feeling down and out this is a woman that has given us so much wisdom so much strength in knowing that there is hope and we thank you connie for for sharing such a sensitive and experience of your life um i know that's inspired me so much and i'm pretty sure the team is so inspired they want to learn more but Let's have a part two. Let's keep them waiting. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, guys, watch out for Connie because I know that she's going to have her own to um, spoil the excitement. So I'll let Connie share this on her social Sego goals. Um, Connie, yeah. maybe you can share your other uh, platforms that they can um, reach out to you and, and maybe yes. Point of view and also personal life inspirations, you know, experiences. Yes. Yeah, so um, please reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Connie Samaniego. You can find me, or there's also a um, Consego page. Um, it's great. Like, you, you know, I, I'm getting used to being more social. <laughs> it's taken a while, and um, 
I've also got an Instagram page, um, Conseil Goals. And you know, like again, I call it Conseil Goals because I think we all have to have life goals, whatever that looks like. Yes. Um, and I'm here to, you know, alongside with Marseille and her team to cheer you on and empower you to get there. Um, so I hope today's session has in inspired you in some way, um, regardless of, you know, um, the limitless belief we, we sometimes get confused with. But you are more than you know you could think of. So Conseco is everywhere now. Um, you know we have a Facebook page again. You can call it um, Conseco, and also um, a Twitter account. Which I um, yeah, I've got to be careful what I put in there. I haven't even really uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I, I get very passionate about a lot of things in life, and um, I think Twitter can be a really good way to release things. But um, I'd like to think that it would be ideally something that would get people thinking in a good way whatever it is that um Consego puts out there and if it's not then you know feel free to give me a call and let's talk it out um you know we gotta do it <laughs> so thank you again Tommy and I, I do also want to thank all our amazing empowering companies who are making this especially this episode happen right now Busa uh, Belasco Unlimited Skills Academy, of course, MS MMC, a management consultancy, XOX, SAS, the Wellbeing Boost Program, Community Hub, Letting Go with Aloha and Rising Filipinas. So, of course, you know, all you have to do is make sure that you turn on the notification bell so that you can be alerted for episodes. Thank you again, Connie. Gosh, I learned so yes. much and I, everybody has learned so much and be inspired with Connie today. And of course, my Kumu, I hope you are deeply inspired by what Connie shared today. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Marfe. And yes. you know, in love with you series team, you guys have been fantastic. Thank you, Connie. Thank and you. don't forget everyone, like what Connie mentioned today, action speak louder than words and we'll see you in the next episode of in love with me okay